Hi, this is Brian Kralowitz, um, the Director of University Counseling Services, and you're joining us again for our weekly podcast series. I am joined, uh, as usual, uh, with Eric Nielsen, uh, who is a uh, freshman student here at Truman, who helps us with our social networking and kind of hopefully makes us a little more lively versus me just talking by myself. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so uh, we are here to kind of uh, talk this week about uh, kind of just kind of the traditional mental health stuff um if you're tuning in another point in time this is what we are focusing on for the the week but we're doing a mental health awareness week on campus um and so we're just going to kind of start off talking about some things and kind of go from there um typical things that that people see on campus when people go what does this counseling center do we typically see the bread and butter yeah depression anxiety um and so from a standpoint of things that, that take place on campus is probably pretty useful to know is that about, you know, we do a bunch of surveys and things like that, but when we ask about kind of how grades are impacted, the number two thing, the top two things that people describe from a mental health standpoint that impact their grades is anxiety and depression. And so about 20% of our students will report that they've gotten lower grades in classes based on mental health concerns. Well, something about that is, um, it's a lot of it is just thinking about the situation instead of actually applying what you know to the situation. Yeah. It's just a lot of worry that you usually don't need to go to because if you've already done something, it's yeah. done and you can't go it's it's in the past and you can't yeah. go back in the past. So it's not a real big concern to worry about things that have already happened. Just worry about the future and things that are going to happen and things that you can do better. And a lot of our students do that, but and then and then I think that's where they come to the concept that they're really unable to. It's really I mean, if you have experienced yeah. it in terms of with friends or, or kind of yeah. family, but yeah. but it, you know, some people just it's it's these are things that from from a standpoint where where friends see it and go, just let go of that, let go. Mm-hmm. I mean, what it's very interesting as a therapist where I think you know. They just sometimes if people really have a, they just they get so sad they get they, you know you get to such a deep point mm-hmm. where you just can't even like just come on laugh around joke around which really works yeah. for most people are kind of like mildly depressed you know like man it's not going well come on all right and they have a great time then you have the friends and I'm, I'm, I don't know if you have experience with this with your friends that sometimes they're just like man they're just really just they've dug a hole so deep they yeah. just can't figure out how to jump out of it. Mm-hmm. Um, any any thoughts on, on kind of how that how you would see people around from your own lives or from people that you kind of interact with that you'd see that have kind of been impacted in that deep of a level with either depression or anxiety where they just can't stop either being so sad or can't stop just worrying about things so much. Well, I've I've had from personal experience kind of a a mild case of depression where I, I just thought nothing would ever get better in life and everything was just kind of down, everything, like, kind of a chaos theory, everything that goes wrong can, everything is flipped upside down, and we have to remember, or know in a situation like that is, things will eventually get better, and it, time can only, you know, lessen the pain, because you eventually, the impact, or whatever happened, usually subsides, it, it, it'll lessen, and things, things can't really get worse from where they were, and... Yeah, when you're in kind of a bottom pit, right. it's hard to imagine right. going lower. So if it just you know, since you're bringing yourself up, and if you don't mm-hmm. mind me kind of going here, um, in terms of what, what are the things that you kind of saw that really made a difference that got you to kind of see it from a real different perspective that it was, okay, it can get better, things are going on here. Did, did you know What were things that kind of made a difference to you? Well, something that I got out of it was a kind of maturity sense that 
when I experienced it, it was only high school drama, so I... I didn't want to feel like I was living in some TV show where everything that was going on in my life was so dramatic, over than what it, over the top, what it needed to be. And so de-dramatizing the yeah, situation, looking at it going, hold on, what's what really yeah. is this? It feels overwhelming. I feel like the mm-hmm. entire world, is, but like it's just one person who's yeah. not being nice to me in class. Yeah, actually yeah. analyzing what happens, knowing that it's not going to affect the whole outcome of your life. Sure, it, it was just some small incident, and okay. it's not that. It's not that relevant for the rest of your life. Gotcha. Did, did you find that you talked differently to other people, or did people come to you and, and kind of help kind of jar you out of that mindset? I mean, it's pretty rare when someone goes, you know, I'm just going to stop doing this. Sometimes, like, a friend comes by or a family member is like, what, what is going on? Why are you doing this? Did anybody do that for you? Well, when I, I had it, I was going through more of kind of an isolation thing where I wanted to be away from everyone. So from that, I somehow got myself back onto my regular mood, okay. regular outlook on life. Like everything is good, everything's going to get better, and eventually did. Gotcha. And but so usually, I wouldn't suggest seeking isolation. You should usually be around people, seek help. One thing, one thing I, I tell people all the time, about, especially with depression, is that depression oftentimes has us do the exact opposite of what we need to do. Right. I'm depressed. I'm going to stay in my room. I'm depressed. Mm-hmm. I'm going to really. I'm just going to sit here with this. I'm going to have no energy. The way oftentimes to fight depression, it sounds so impossible when people are depressed, is to get back to, especially in your case, which is nice. Some people don't mm-hmm. have these stories where you go, I know who I was, and they can go back to that. Yeah. Sometimes people are like, I feel like I've been like this forever and ever <laughs> and ever, and they don't even have a compass point right. of of how to get back to where I was at mm-hmm. type of thing. And so you're, you're dead on right in that for people that want to make changes, part of this isn't just that things get better. It would be great if things end up going better for people. You know, suddenly I win the lottery or, you know, yeah. or, or if an old friend calls or mo- mm-hmm. much more realistic or things like that. But, but it really comes down to you that you're having to say, I have to physically make myself do things that my body's going to tell me I don't want to do. I mm-hmm. do not want to do this, but it's so essential to do those things for themselves type of thing. Um, and then, so when people get down, it, it kind of bring up anxiety a little bit, but that's one thing I, we've noticed a lot more this year in the counseling center is people really coming with anxiety in terms of that they just feel so on edge. Um, and so they feel so overwhelmed by what is taking place and they feel as though they just can't relax Mm -hmm. Um, and Truman in many in many senses for people who feel this way really almost throw logs on the fireplace and just get stoked that fire and so of the people who do this it's really essential that if you hear yourself saying like I just can't figure out a way to relax you know, that's a part where you really go, you know, I've got to change. And sometimes we're almost really different for depression and anxiety. People who are depressed realize they don't feel really good. It feels really crappy. Mm-hmm. People who feel anxious feel like if I can get the further ahead of what I'm doing, I'm usually going to be okay. Right. But there, there's an insanity to that because you never can get all the way ahead. And so mm-hmm. you're always chasing after it. Um, any thoughts in terms of things you see on campus that really, of things that either cause anxiety or, or decrease anxiety um, that from your perspective? Well, something that I've seen that's a major cause of anxiety is people that go outside of their limits and expectations of what they need to do yeah. when they're not thinking of what's humanly possible for them. They're they're thinking of some, some a kind of point that's been set by maybe the media or other people that, hey, you should get to this point, yeah. you should be this successful instead of doing just what you're able to do and yeah. what's in your limitations. And that's... That's what I've seen a major factor, people just striving to get to that point. 
And I, and I would really would say in terms of the, even the scheduling issue that I think people, one right. of the things that I would tell people to schedule, and I, I, when I look at people's schedule, they were anxious. I'm like, show me your, your daily schedule. And I was like, where's your fun scheduled in here? And I'm yeah. not saying it has to be 12 hours of oh, fun. Yeah. You know, that's, that's pretty unrealistic. I mean, maybe on a Friday or a Saturday or something like that. But, but for the most part, where are you doing something where you enjoy it? Are you studying with people you like to study with? Right. Are you, because the anxiety was when you just feel like I'm feeling so trapped. I feel like I can't get mm-hmm. anywhere and I just have to keep worrying. So yeah, so you're right. I think very clearly that people have to look what's realistic for themselves, be yeah. honest about what it is, you know. Um, you know, I always joke with people in terms of saying that, you know, people go, I want to go to medical school. Well, go talk to your doctor and ask him what their GPA <laughs> was in college. Odds are it wasn't a 4.0. Right. So a lot of times we build these expectations where you almost need a 4.1 mm-hmm. and you need, you know, and you need to get it, you know, an A plus in all your classes. You need to invent a new letter before an A kind of quality. It's not like we're t- telling everyone to fail. Or, no, no. <laughs> I mean, or do as though as possible. But I think anxiety where it doesn't help people. I mean, it's one thing to be anxious to go, oh, man, I've got a test tomorrow. I've got to get yeah. going on this. That's good anxiety. Yeah. Bad anxiety is I've got a test in three weeks, and I'm getting an A in the class, and I'm overwhelmed, and I'm freaking out, and I mm-hmm. can't sleep now. When you get to that level where you can't, that's that's negative. It's, we want you to still do ex- extremely well, but be realistic of what it would be. And like I said, if you are a person that has anxiety on campus, you're not alone in terms of that, that um, when we kind of look at uh, issues on campus from surveys that we kind of give, um, it's pretty high up there in terms of anxiety as being um, 9.4% of our students reported that they're diagnosed with anxiety. And when depression was 10.7%. So we're looking at about 10% of our students that were diagnosed, not just like I have symptoms of it. When we were asking about grades being impacted, anxiety is actually a bit higher than depression for impacting grades. So yeah. Well, not, not all... Keep in mind that not all anxiety is bad. If we didn't have anxiety, we wouldn't feel a need to do something. We would just be relaxed about everything. We wouldn't address things that we needed to do. We wouldn't be here for our podcast. Right. (laughs) And the stresses of normal day life, you'd probably just stay in bed all day. And and depression is a very normal thing, too. And I I always tell people, depression tells you something. If you were a person and you start getting depressed, odds are something about your life isn't going well. Mm Mm-hmm. Change if you best you can. Sometimes we can't change our life. And we have to go. Okay, for the next three weeks, it's going to be like this. Right. But if you're getting depressed, depressed is a wonderful symptom. And the reason that, like, when we grab something hot and it burns our finger and it causes this mass amount of pain, is to tell us don't do that. Right. Depression and anxiety are the same things. Mm-hmm. And that if you are getting depressed or anxious, there's something going on in your life that is causes. I mean, it's one thing if you've been like, I've been like this since birth, and I've always been like yeah. this. But but for most people, it's self-induced, and if it comes from birth, you can't control that. Let it go. Mm-hmm. If if it is truly, or, or you know, or look at medical options or things like along those lines. But but when you're looking at what am I causing, or how do I feed this? If you're at fall break and you're doing really well at home, yeah. you're not anxious or depressed normally. That just means you're in a spot where it's causing that kind of qualities. Kind of jumping on a really quick, so we're getting close <laughs> to the end of this. But you know, we are having a, a speaker come to campus. His name is John Kevin Hines, and he's a person who actually jumped off the Golden Gate Bridge to kill himself. Um, and, and live because of this. And so I, I want to have a little bit of this, and we'll probably do this another time, but when people get to a point where they're so anxious, they're so depressed, one thing that people look at is, like, I just want to get out. I just right. want, I want, to, I always tell people, most people don't want to die, they want the pain to stop. Mm-hmm. And death is a way to achieve that goal. Right. And so if you ever have a spot where you're doing this, we do something on campus, it's called QPR, which is Question, Persuade, Refer, which is a training that we give on a regular basis. We're giving it tonight, um, but we'll give it throughout the, various times in classes, things like that. Um, we're about to start be, uh, sending out kind of an online, it's called the Ask, Listen, Refer, which is another suicide prevention type of thing that we're going to be kind of doing. Um, I would really encourage anybody, if you hear this at all on Thursday night, I've heard uh, John Kevin Hines 
speak before. It's an impressive story. I mean, you know, he talks about, he's very open and honest about, you know, when he, he, he talks about this, and I don't want to ruin it for anybody who's going to see it, but he talks about, it, he, he made deals constantly of hoping people would, would, would see what he was doing and would ask him, are you okay? And he made a promise of, if someone asked me if I was okay, I would tell them everything and I would do whatever they need me to do. And mm-hmm. no one, people even asked him to take pictures. He's crying immensely at the bridge. And people say, would you mind taking a picture of us? And it, it, no one ever said, like, are you okay? You know, and then it, it is, a, and so he talks about how people can really reach out. So he's, it's not just a story of like the, of a, of a interesting moment of his life, right. but it really is a story of what he's done since and, and what he advocates for and things along those lines. So if you get a chance, it's kind of a powerful yeah. story. And again, this kind of sounds odd when I talk about this, but depending on the survey we give and the way that we ask the question, um, it's either somewhere between 9 to about 17% of people have had seriously had thoughts of suicide mm-hmm. during this last year on our campus. So when we're talking also about 10 to 20%, somewhere in that range of, of people. So when you're in your classes and if there's you know, 20 people in your class, there's at least probably two or four people in that class that during this year will seriously think about attempting suicide. Luckily, the numbers drop dramatically for people who yeah. attempt. But in the counseling center, we see probably people who have done attempts, you know, very sometimes moderate to severe kind of attempts but mm-hmm. we'll see a very sizable number of people and we've been very fortunate to have any deaths so that's why we're doing out there we're doing depression screening day on friday we have the speaker on thursday night we're doing a lot of other things um but this is not an upbeat topic but it's one that i think is right. pretty valuable and that people be more aware of we haven't really had many upbeat topics so far well we're going to talk we're going to talk about sleep next which okay. is a little more upbeat yeah. early we're going to try to avoid lack of sleep we're talking yes. about good sleep yeah. kind of qualities so um that's our podcast if you want any more information about our office give us a call at 660 785-4014 or look for us on Facebook at Truman Counseling or look for us on the web at uh, ucs.truman.edu Thanks again for tuning in and uh, again we'll have an, I promise but we're the counseling side, we're never that upbeat so hopefully <laughs> we'll get really good stuff but we'll talk about sleep next Don't time and go from there. the depression. <laughs> exactly, we're trying not to do that. Right. Well thank you everybody.